0: Enjoy the show. Beaming at you from the depths of the internet. This is the Temple of Geek Podcast, your one-stop for all All things geek. geek.
1: Welcome to the Temple of Geek Podcast. My name is Monica and I will be your host as we discuss the latest Obi-Wan Kenobi series as well as the announcements about the upcoming Disney Plus shows that are centered in the Star Wars universe. If you haven't caught up on the first two episodes of the Kenobi series, you may want to save this episode for later because there will be spoilers. If this is your first time tuning into the Temple of Geek podcast, welcome. The Temple of Geek podcast has been around since 2012 and is hosted by a variety of the geeks from the Temple of Geek team. Here we cover all manner of geek and pop culture news and events. To our returning listeners, thank you again for tuning in. We really appreciate you being here. With me today are two of the members of the Temple of Geek team, Ron and Elizabeth, and a first-time guest to our podcast is Kari. Welcome to the podcast. Can the three of you please introduce yourself to our listeners and tell them a little bit about you?
2: Hello, everyone. My name is Kari. Thank you so much for having me here. It's my first time. I'm very excited to be you know, here with you guys talking all the fantastic star wars stuff big huge star wars fan of course huge big you know i do all my content on tiktok uh you can find me as star wars tia and yeah can't wait let's talk some star wars
3: (laughs) hi everybody my name is ron and i'm a writer with temple of geek
0: hi my name is elizabeth aka lady of time cosplay um I got into Star Wars. I mean, I've I've always kind of been into Star Wars. I've seen all the movies, you know, I saw the sequel trilogy when it came out in theaters, Um, but I really got into Star Wars in 2020 when everything shut down. I hadn't really- I don't think I'd watched The Mandalorian yet. I definitely hadn't seen any animated stuff, so I watched The Mandalorian. I think I finished The Clone Wars in like two weeks because, you know, I had nothing else to do. Um, So I really, that really brought me into really, really loving Star Wars and all of these amazing characters and stories, uh, and it's just, it was really, really cool to get to go to Star Wars Celebration this week.
1: For those of you who are not familiar with me, my name is Monica, I'm the Editor-in-Chief at Temple of Geek, and today I am your host. I have been a Star Wars fan since the 80s probably, but I don't think I really got into Star Wars until the prequels came out. I was 19 when they came out, and I think that's when I really started to love Star Wars, but these Disney Plus shows have given me so much more. Than the original films, even the prequels gave us. So, you know, I'm really excited to talk about Star Wars with you guys today. I just want to ask you before we get started, do you guys have a favorite Star Wars character? And why are they your favorite Star Wars character?
2: Well, mine since I was at my the first time I watched The New Hope was when I was eight. And you know, it sat me down. I was like, oh my god, this is so cool. As soon as Darth Vader stepped in through those, through that. Fog, I, I fell in love with him. I was like, this is the coolest person character thing I have ever seen in my life. I don't know. Since that day, I fell in love with him and then when the prequels came out and we got his, the you know, the backstory, Anakin, you know, obviously both of them just It was it was amazing, you know. I rated just for being such a badass, and Anakin because I could, you know, everything that he went through and the inner struggles and everything was very familiar to me, and a lot of things that I can relate to. So, you know, that's he became, you know, duality with both of them being my favorite characters.
3: To answer your question, my favorite Star Wars character, I have multiple, Um, but I'd say as as a diehard fan of ahsoka tano i'm gonna have to say ahsoka tano
0: definitely one of my favorite star wars characters is definitely ahsoka she she's just been through so much um and remains kind and determined to do the right thing in everything that she does no matter if that's you know, what she has to do during the Clone Wars, or during the Rebellion, or even, you know, especially during what she did during Order 66, and refusing to seriously hurt any of the clones herself. You know, she, she, she's just such a kind person, despite everything she's been through. Um, I also really like Kane and Jairus. He's definitely one of my favorite Jedi as well. Uh, because like Ahsoka, he's been through a lot and maybe he didn't remain quite as kind or quite as patient as Ahsoka did, but the journey that we see him go on in uh, Star Wars Rebels is really fascinating to watch and really heartbreaking too for anybody who has seen Rebels, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, yeah, they're all there's so many amazing characters in Star Wars, it's it's hard to pick A favorite but Ahsoka and Kanan Jarrus are definitely up there for me.
1: Um, Since you're such a big Ahsoka fan what was it like interviewing Ashley Eckstein earlier this month?
0: It was so cool getting to interview Ashley Eckstein. I mean I was very glad that it was like an audio only interview because uh, I forget exactly what the question was that I asked her but I, I, I asked something to the effect of, you know, just about Ahsoka, in general. And uh, when she was answering my question, there was a couple points where she answered uh, using quotes that Ahsoka Hat says in the show, and like you could tell that she like went into using her Ahsoka voice, and it just it was kind of gave me chills a little bit, and it was really really cool. She's so sweet and. uh the, the project that she's doing, the Star Wars Mindful Matters, is really great. I think it's it's going to be really good for a lot of kids to do that, to be able to see examples of their favorite Star Wars characters um, in terms of making sure that they're looking after their own uh, mental health and well-being.
1: Yeah, and I really loved what she said in that interview when she said to you that she hopes to be like the real-life version of ahsoka she couldn't be the live action but she was this she wants to like take what's so wonderful about the character of ahsoka and actually make it part of her life and i really love that Alright, so for our listeners who may not be familiar with Star Wars Celebration, Star Wars Celebration was a four-day event that took place in Anaheim, California, over the Memorial Day weekend. At this event, there was a ton of big announcements regarding the Star Wars universe, and today we're going to talk about the Disney Plus Star Wars shows. Um, We're going to start, I guess, with Obi-Wan Kenobi. So the Obi-Wan Kenobi fan event at Star Wars Celebration was attended by Ewan McGregor, Hayden Christensen, Moses Ingram, and featured a surprise premiere of the first two episodes of the Highly Anticipated series, which is now streaming exclusively on Disney+. Plus. The story begins 10 years after the events of Star Wars Revenge of the Sith, where Obi-Wan Kenobi faced his greatest defeat, the downfall and corruption of his best friend and Jedi apprentice Anakin Skywalker, who turned to the dark side as the evil Sith Lord Darth Vader. Let's talk about... St- Star Wars Celebration first, what did you guys think of all of the interviews and moments with Hayden Christensen and Ewan McGregor? So
2: the first thing that I loved is just the fact that they are finally getting to see the love that we have for them and what they did with the prequels. You know, because as Ewan said many times, you know, back then it was just the critics and what they said, and it wasn't, you know, really well-received. But now he's getting to see the the part that he wasn't able to, which was the fans and who the kids that grew up and now are here celebrating him and Hayden. Especially Hayden, because Hayden got so much flack for, you know, oh, he was horrible, He was his acting was just bad, and, you know, all that stuff. Um, but it was really emotional to see that they were getting that love and feeling that love. And and I think that surprised them a lot. It was a very big surprise for them. So I I completely loved it. I love that they came back together and it's like, they never like, it was, it was like, they never had separated. Their dynamic was so, is so amazing. It's like they're brothers. They feed off of each other being silly and funny. And it's it's just amazing. I loved it.
0: Star Wars celebration was just such a blast Um, for me the whole weekend started Thursday. I had the only like big panel that I got a ticket for was the Thursday morning Lucasfilm showcase, which was super, super cool. Um, especially, so they like, they started with a retrospective on previous star Wars celebrations, which was really cool. But when that ended, the lights went dark and this like 50, hundred, I don't know how many people were in this course, but this enormous course of people, was like on the floor of the the theater and they were singing Duel of the Fates live and it was so cool, it was just wild. And so they sing, they wrap that up and Ewan and Hayden come out on stage, everybody goes wild, it's great, it's amazing. It gets quiet enough for like a second that Ewan is able to get out a hello there and everybody just went wild. (laughs) It's so cool to see and just be in the room for that. And then, you know, of course they talked. They brought out uh, their cast members like Moses Ingram and some of the other cast members that are in the show. And they talked about the show a bit. And then, uh, you know, I, I forget if it was the lady hosting the panel or, or who it was that asked, but, you know, somebody said, did you, hey, Ewan, did you bring any clips or teasers for us? I know it comes out tomorrow he kind of goes oh well unfortunately not however we would like to invite all of you back here later tonight for the premiere of the first two episodes and that was just such a cool thing to get to go and see <laughs> like I always love getting to watch stuff like that in a big room full of people like because you just get everybody's reactions and it's so much fun uh it, you know, it's kind of like like seeing the Doctor Who 50th anniversary in theaters. Or, you know, I was lucky enough to see the New York City premiere of the 12th Doctor's episode. And it's it's always so much more fun to watch things like that in a big group. And it was so cool to hear everybody's reactions to everything that went on in those first two episodes. Because quite a lot happened and had
3: a lot of surprises. Yeah, I I unfortunately missed out on that panel and again like Liz we were you know as we were communicating with each other we were basically I was living vicariously through your experience and kind of going back and forth between how you were messaging our group and you know seeing all the tweets go out about it I'm like I'm so missing a lot here and I I I regret not being able to go but I know that you know having even and Hayden come back to the Star Wars universe is something that the fans have been vying for for so long, and to see them and that chemistry together on stage at celebration uh, for the live for the live appearances as well as doing the panels and stuff like that made the fans actually go freaking nuts, and it's nice to see that type of warm feeling back into star wars where you get to see them collaborate again even though you know after the t- even though we've saw from a lot of us have seen the first two episodes of obi-wan didn't haven't seen hayden yet but we know he's coming so it's that anticipation of that appearance about how it's going to be and i think you know for all of us who are going to be watching um you know obi-wan when he comes out we're all going to be screaming in our beds or you know couches from our living rooms just to be like
1: yeah let's go like let's do this and
0: (laughs) and we're all
3: going to be freaking out whether you're watching it alone friends or family you know i'm closing all windows making sure that the neighbors don't hear me um (laughs) and i don't want to cause a disturbance to the neighborhood and somebody knocking at my door like like, is everything okay (laughs) yes me Obi-Wan and, and even and Hayden are together again. Um, yeah, so I'm I'm just as excited as everybody else, you know, them on stage and, and loving to see Hayden kind of embrace that welcome back from all the fans uh, was just exciting to see. I know that's you know, like Kerry like said, you know, he's had a lot of slack over the years over the time since he's had his role. But hey, we're back into it. The legacy characters are back and that's nice to see you on screen.
1: One of the wonderful things for me about all of this and the reactions to Hayden and to Ewan has been finding mutuals and finding other people who feel the way, you know, I guess we do about these characters and finding community among them. Gaddy, when I found your TikTok, I thought it was so thoughtful and so smart, and so clever, but also very down to earth, right? You have this no-nonsense kind of way about talking about things. And the whole time I was like, man, I gotta talk to this girl longer. (laughs) Like, we need like a full conversation. Oh my god. But like, you you know, some of the things that even like, maybe about 10 years ago, we did this um, kind of Empire Strikes Back uh, gathering uh, like screening basically for one of the anniversaries, and you know it happened in downtown Los Angeles, and a ton of Star Wars fans got out there, and we were so excited, and we went dressed and not cosplay, but kind of like a bound, and we got so much hate at the con, specifically Nate for not being, like, more screen accurate or not using, like, he took my, he had, like, a Bubba Fett helmet and my kids, like, Bubba Fett, like, uh, kind of like a toy gun, and it was stuff that we had, like, got at Target. It wasn't, like, anything amazing, but, like, really ruined the experience for us because we were, like, oh, Star Wars fans are just, like, mean, and that had been my experience for a long time. Anytime I would talk about Star Wars or go to, like, events. Like, there was always someone, Whoa, that's not accurate. That's not right. That's not that. Okay. So one of the things that have been, that has been so amazing for me because of all this stuff with Hayden and you returning is the excitement from people who are, like, fans and just want to love things and being able to find that community, which um, I hadn't really found in the Star Wars universe. Uh, you know, Elizabeth and I know each other through the Doctor Who fandom, and it's something that we've always kind of, like, really been excited about. Ron, you and I know each other from Marvel and conventions and things like that. And and so, like, it's so nice to finally find a community of Star Wars fans that are just so excited to talk about Star Wars and who aren't sitting here breaking it down and kind of tearing it down. You know what I mean? Yep. But let's get into the episodes. So... I guess my first question for you guys is: What did you think of the first two episodes? And I'm just going to kind of count them as like one episode, right? Because I'm sure we all binged it together. <laughs> and um, did it meet your expectations? What were you thinking was going to happen? Give me your just initial thoughts on the first two episodes.
2: So. I was in an emotional mess the whole time. <laughs> like, you see, like, I, I have to do a compilation because the whole time was basically me basically just, oh, my God, oh, my God, I can't believe this. Um, I thought the biggest surprise for me was of, out of everything, was Little Leia and how much we got of Little Leia. And because I figured, you know, I had thought that we would get, like, a fleeting moment with her. We see Bail and Obi talking for some reason and we just see Little Leia in the background or something. I did not think that she was going to be part of the plot, the like main plot, you know, uh, and everything. But that was an amazing surprise. And I love that they kept that so wrapped up, you know, because that's the kind of feeling that I want to get when I see this. I don't want to know anything. Um, so I could get those emotions as I'm watching. Um, I think that it was. it's beautiful how they're portraying Obi-Wan, how he's really, you can really feel. How down he is, how depressed he is, how how just beaten down he is with everything. Especially with them showing the nightmares that he has every night and him trying to communicate with Qui-Gon still and he can't do it. Um, I love that. Um, Riva Re- is my queen. I absolutely love that. Uh, how impetuous she is, how she's... Actually, to me, she is embodying what a dark force user is because she's very arrogant and very obsessive, and very that's what to me is how they're supposed to be. Um, but overall, so far, these two episodes have been just you know, I, I, regardless of anything, I was over, I, I was already excited for the show. So whatever they do is like it's 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 fine with me. And then the biggest thing was the beautiful little snippet of Hayden as Crispy Vader. That was absolutely everything to me. Because <laughs> you guys know Hayden, Vader is my favorite, so I was like, oh my god! That, it was beautiful, so yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm happy so far.
0: I don't know what I thought the plot of the Obi-Wan show was going to be, uh, to be honest. I You know, I think maybe I thought maybe Obi-Wan was going to have to leave Tatooine to distract them from Luke so that they didn't find Luke you know so then when just that that whole sequence where we get introduced to little Leia I love that that's what brought Obi-Wan out of hiding that he has to go rescue Leia she, the the little girl playing Leia, did such a phenomenal job. <laughs> <laughs> you could really see you and McGregor kind of like as Obi Wan, kind of having like flashbacks to training Anakin and <laughs> dealing <laughs> with everything. I mean, she she definitely has both her parents in her. She is something else. Uh, it, She's so great. I I love the reaction that at the uh, premiere that the crowd had to when when she's talking to her cousin on Alderaan. And he says, you don't have to be polite to droids. You don't have to be polite to lower life forms. And she just goes, then I guess I don't have to be polite to you. (laughs) Like, she's just so perfect. She's written so well. I absolutely loved that. Um, I also really it was interesting and appreciated how you know it's it's shown that obi-wan struggled to use the force to save leia when she fell off that building um it, you can tell that she's that, that he's just really kind of cut himself off for the from the force after everything that happened um it, it just it i absolutely adored it i I don't know what my expectations were going in apart from like oh my gosh i get to see obi-wan again you know i I think there's going to be a lot in this show that's going to make me very emotional um especially if they do like flashbacks to clone wars i mean they did a little bit of like a flashback sequence to the movies in there but I i just keep thinking you know if they were able to keep leia a secret what else are they keeping secret from us? What else is going to happen in these next, you know, four episodes? Uh, it's, I just can't wait to see what more of this story this this is. I am kind of sad that's a, that they're saying it's a limited series, so this is probably the only season we're going to get. But uh, it's it's just great. I love it. I can't, I can't wait to see more. Uh, another thing that I really loved about Leia is how, you know, even though she doesn't really know her birth mother, um, I know in the, I've seen a comic panel where, uh, her, her adoptive mother, um, talks to her about, about Queen Amidala because there's a statue of her on Alderaan, which I think is beautiful, but (laughs) I love that just like her mom, she's using a decoy <laughs> so that she can run off and do something else. Um, that whole scene where, you know, we think that we s- we're seeing Leia getting ready for whatever it was that, that they were off to do, and then it's revealed that it's it's not Leia, that it's, you know, one of her friends. I just, I loved that. She is so much like her mom and so much like her dad, uh, and it, it was just so sweet, especially just the reaction that you know, because everybody, when everybody realized we were on Alderaan and saw, you know, them getting this little girl ready, everybody
1: was like, oh,
0: and then everybody laughed when the reveal happened. And then, you know, it cuts almost immediately to Leia running through that forest and everybody just started cheering. It, I, I love this. I love that we're going to see more of Leia Organa, especially, you know, as Bail says in the episode, she's just as important as the boy. Leia is just as important as Luke. And I also really love how, you know, obviously later on in the in the movies, we do find out that Leia is Force-sensitive, that she does have the ability to use the Force as a Jedi does. And even though in, in her life she's not really using that connection that she has um, at this point in her life to do, you know, flips and tricks and whatever else, uh, you can tell that it's kind of manifesting in her as a real emotional intelligence, being able to tell people's emotions and thought processes, like I said, with her cousin, you know, she kind of can read them pretty easy. And I think that's very fascinating and a great way to reintroduce that idea because, You know, I mean, I don't know exactly how much planning went into the original trilogy in terms of Luke and Leia's relationship. Uh, I'm guessing with that uh, certain scenes, maybe they didn't think about the twin thing (laughs) super early on. But it's really great to see more of Leia's story and to prove, once again, to audiences, I mean, most of the audience already knew this, but yes, Leia is just as important as Luke is. She is just as much her parents as Lucas she's just as she's got just as much capability and potential as her brother does and it's great to see them engaging with that
3: okay so uh, i want to preface this by saying that i'm a foodie i love to go out and explore and i'll get to the i'll get i'll get to the point of this I love to explore different places and when I check out a place I I usually you know kind of check out the amyath before I look into anything at the uh, of the food so how that relates to Obi-Wan basically I did not go into any stories or any news or anything about the about the series before watching it so when I started to watch it I was like, the presentation is so nice about all these, about the characters coming back. Um, I love going into the whole thing about Obi-Wan. Now, Now, the, any of you correct me uh, if I'm wrong, but is this after Order 66 came out in the timeline? Okay, so... Um, yeah, you can tell I'm kind of out of the loop on that one because Timelines in Star Wars is going <laughs> oof, so many different directions right now. Um, so you can see that uh, he's in hiding and he's also dealing with the loss of Anakin. And I love that he's kind of like a nomad right now in dealing with so many directions and having to hide himself as a Jedi um, yet, dealing with the loss of a very dear friend, almost treated him like a younger brother, or as a Anakin, Anakin I should say, as a younger son or a younger brother. As, as basically, a, for a mentor, when you're teaching, when you're teaching somebody who is training under you, you get that certain attachment. And so with the loss of that person, he's he's kind of dealing with the emotions and repercussions of that. And I love how this series is going to go into that. And then I can only imagine down the road as we go into the series what it's going to be like for him to see uh, Anakin again, but in another form. Um, now, as far as Leia goes, I mean, come on. Young young Leia. Like, she... That... Mm, come on. You had, like... The, you had... The, like all of you have said, like she's embodying both this, uh, both the characteristics of her parents, and she's got that rebellious, playful side, that really um, inquisitive side to her, and there's you can almost see little hints of the Force sensitivity in her as well, too, little glimpses of the Force sensitivity in, the, in that series. Uh, so her playfulness and attitude side, it, it's like you see that side of Leia, but then you also kind of also separate the the that fantasy world of star wars and also the real world i'm like this is how a kid should act so i kind of like i kind of like that uh playfulness to her and then uh just her having lola like come on that's that's so cool like that's that, lola was lola that device that she had was so cool to see and uh you know on on another note you know i'm so glad that hasbro already <laughs> put out that uh put that, that very interactive and smart toy i had i had my uh a personal, just a little, a little side note a little experience with that toy at the hasbro booth at star wars celebration and it's one of the coolest things i'm like we're in an age where all these smart toys are coming out and it's just amazing to see to so, so to see that um was really cool um, and I mean I don't know if we're jumping to either episode or focusing on one but when you have the inquisitors coming out and Riva come let's go let's ever let's go let's just <laughs> let's you bring me all the inquisitors just let's see more let's see more fight scenes let's see all that and Riva having I want to see I really want to see where River where they're gonna take Riva in the series. I really want to see where they're gonna take her because she has that he really has that sick side to her that very passionate and compulsive and obsession much as like kylo ren has like i i uh i almost see her as you know when in uh, the force awakens when kylo is is totally bashing the computers mm-hmm. um inside that one room and the storm the stormtroopers are are coming out and they look they hear what's going on in that room they're like oh no, um, yeah, bye. So, uh, you know, she she embodies that whole rage of um, compassion towards obtain, uh, trying to uh, find Obi-Wan. So I, I see that reflection of the Sith in her, where I want to see more of that going down the road.
1: Uh, Gadi and Ron, you both make really good points about that. Like, you know, this is how somebody who is corrupted by the st- by uh, by the dark side would act right they would be kind of like these over emotional like given to your hate given to this which is like you know given to the dark side right and so that it's that toxic behavior that kind of gives them more power and you know I, I totally agree with you guys on that point and then also like, there's a line in there where they say, uh, you know, the Jedi will reveal themselves because they start showing up to help, and their compassion is their weakness because that's what, you know, makes them more easily found. And I think that Obi-Wan knows that, which is why he has retreated, why he's become a hermit, and also just like the trauma that he's probably dealing with because he's so. Like, how. You know, as a parent, when my kid does something wrong, I rack my head about, had I only done A, B, C, or D, maybe something would have been different, or maybe I, like, I'm constantly worried that I'm going to ruin my children and they're going to end up in therapy, like, talking about me one day, you know? Like, I just want the best for them, and I rack my head over, like, well, maybe I should have done this differently or that differently. So, like, that's a lot of trauma for Obi-Wan thinking, oh, am I responsible somehow for, like, the end of the world as he knew it and this new dark empire that is like, taken over? And not to mention just the personal, like, you know, there's times where we in our daily lives, you know get into a fight with somebody and we can't stop thinking about it or like an argument or something like you know here he is reliving every moment in his dreams and in his head about what happened with Anakin Uh, I did like how many flashbacks to Padme that they had I thought that was really cool and that Padme was so important to the story of Anakin Um, So I'm really glad that they had a lot of those flashbacks to her, especially for audiences who may be new and just are jumping in at Obi-Wan. I think that's like really good context or even like just kind of something like, oh, who's that girl? Like, Let me go back and watch the old movies. I think it's really smart writing the way that they did that. So the filmmakers were keen to strike a balance between honoring what came before in the galaxy and the creation of these new worlds. What do you think about the way that they kind of started new stories, but also like called out things that happened in the past?
3: Uh, all I have to say is Alderaan. We saw Alderaan. Yeah, that's that's all I got to say. We <laughs> saw. We finally got to see Alderaan and its beautiful form and environment. I love how they designed it. It, it looks like a very peaceful type of uh, peaceful type of place. Um, and with the surrounding environments, I think the, I think, uh, the imagery behind that was beautifully done and created. In terms of storytelling and tying it in with, uh, I'm sorry, I should have added to that and tying in the story with, with Leia and where she's at and type of, just basically how they create that environment in terms of having, being its own character, um, juxtaposed with Leia's character and the environment that she grew up in as well, too. So I think that plays a huge role in terms of their environment and carrying the story along, and even interacting with the people um, on there. kind of gives you a glimpse, a better glimpse, of what that life was like for her um, as a young one growing up. So that's that's pretty much my take on it, yeah.
2: No, I, I love that um, basically... I mean, not just Kenobi, but every other show that we're gonna get is just expanding the galaxy even more. You know, it, it's it's giving us so many different stories that we didn't get before, and now we get to uh, experience so much difference and so many different stories. And and now, it, and it's not just about the Jedi, you know, and the Empire and the Sith. Now we get. These regular people stories, and we get finally more insight into the rebellion and the political side of Star Wars, uh, even more than we got in the prequels, because you know we we got that a lot of you know that political side in the prequels and stuff. And yeah, like uh, Ron said, seeing Alderaan like as soon as that image came on, I it was I I, 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 st- I immediately started tearing up. Not just because we were gonna get more, but of course immediately I was like, we're gonna see Leia, like oh my god, you know. And um, the way, and I think Ron said as well, how huh, that we we see now a comparison of how Luke was raised, you know, his environment, and, how, and then how Leia was raised, and we get more of Leia because we read in life, you know in the movies and stuff, we don't get much of her story like that. Same way that we got with Luke. Luke, we got a little bit more of a glimpse, you know. And now with Alderon in the picture, it just makes you know a new hope when you know the planet got destroyed that much you know pain that emotional because now like now we see that the people that were living there and now we see how it was when you know when it was still around so it, it I loved how they're connecting all of that the new with the old it's it's amazing
0: yeah, so I, I really like that they're bringing in more of the Inquisitors, because that's something we first kind of saw in Rebels. I don't know if they originated somewhere else, but that's where I first encountered the idea of the Inquisitors going after any of the surviving Jedi who were able to somehow get it out of Order 66, or the Jedi, you know, that are being born after that order. Um, uh, and it's really cool to see that, you know, because you see quite a bit of them in Rebels between the Grand Inquisitor who... Don't know. I'm sure he can survive. A you know, if like like Monica said earlier, if Darth Maul can survive being cut in half, then I'm sure the Grand Inquisitor can be survive. You know, getting a lightsaber to his stomach. um Apparently,
2: they have two stomachs. Okay. <laughs> the power ones or whatever have two stomachs, and so now he's
3: gonna have one. I guess. Okay. So All right. Matter. Well, more than one stomach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. They have two. Stomachs. I wish I had Two stomachs to
0: i know i'm like trying to eat all this food at disneyland i could use a second stomach um but it's really cool because you get you get the i believe it's the seventh sister and fifth brother in in rebels and then you see i believe oh now see i can't remember what number sister um Trilla is that you get in Fallen Order and you also get Second Second Sister and then I I don't know what the other one was because there's another Inquisitor in that as well Um, so it's cool to see more of their story Um, I'm hoping we'll see even more of that I mean you get quite a lot of backstory especially for Trilla in particular in Jedi Fallen Order um, because you see her spoilers for Fall in order. Everybody should go play it, especially because the sequel coming out later this year, or not later this year, I next have, year. I have yet to play that. I have yet to play
3: uh, that. I am gonna. Get okay. That game. I'm gonna. get Okay. That game for sure. I mean, you know, you go ahead with the spoilers. That's fine. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um, because you you do, you do see how um, you see how she was captured after Order Sixty Six when she was trying to protect the younglings after her master after um her master goes off to, uh, to see you know, what she can do, Um, Trillac gets captured, and she essentially gets tortured into becoming an Inquisitor. Um, And so I'm hoping that we'll see some of Reva's backstory, because I feel like Reva's backstory is probably going to be very closely connected to Obi-Wan's story. Um, I feel like maybe we might get a glimpse of, like, something that I feel like might be a thing is maybe on his way back out of the temple, maybe Obi-Wan missed seeing Reva and didn't save her from what was coming. Um, and maybe that's part of why she's so obsessed with finding Obi-Wan is because she wants revenge on him essentially for leaving her behind is my thought of where that story might go. Um, there is very much, a part, even though there's a lot of people that don't like them, I hope we see the helicopter lightsabers. <laughs> It's, they're so silly but I like it when, when my shows are silly and don't take themselves too seriously you know so it, I think it's very interesting that we're seeing I mean this Star yeah. Wars it's all full of air yeah. So yeah I'm <laughs> like why not have a, you know lightsabers that can make the them fly off and just <laughs> you know it's like you know, they're weird fantasy weapons anyway might as well have another use for them um and so, yeah, I, I, I'm very. It's very cool to see more of the Inquisitor's story uh, and that they're expanding upon that. Um, it was really cool to see them, especially, you know, because they. Because, you know, you we know the stories of the Jedi, like the big Jedi, like Ahsoka, like Obi Wan, like Kanan Jaris. So to see that one, I forget, I unfortunately forget that guy's name that tries to come to Obi-Wan for help um, because the Inquisitors are after him, it's just so heartbreaking to think about all these Jedi who are so used to having such a big family around them because of how the order is structured between the younglings, you know, the initiates and the younglings that, you know, they're taught together in groups by all these different Jedi Masters. And then... They become Padawans and they have such a close bond with their masters. And then suddenly they're thrown into a galaxy where they are considered criminals and they are being hunted down and they are alone. And it is so heartbreaking to see, like, Obi-Wan does choose to be alone, but that one Jedi that came to him for help did not want to be alone. He wanted help and Obi-Wan did not give it to him. And that was heartbreaking to see how much Obi-Wan doesn't think he can help anybody when he can
1: it's it's oh, you know, this show is gonna make me cry I'm sure <laughs> yeah I think one of the things that I was really shocked by was when they opened with Order sixty six you know that
3: uh, was eef, that, I
0: mean I was knew true. that
3: had I I, was cool, I uh, knew that had to be
1: coming
0: like Dave Filoni and Star Wars in general you have to see Order sixty six at least once
1: and everything. <laughs> Right. but and then just, the, fact that started, yeah. <laughs> the fact that it, it started at the Jedi Temple with the younglings, I think yeah. is going to be some kind of foreshadowing for us about what's coming in the series, because why start it off with these youngling story, and show us that, like, hey, these other little kids like have escaped, and then, on top of that, we get the second episode with baby Leia, so I think kids are going to be a big part of this, and I think how people become what they are, like Reva, for example, is going to be a big part of like the storytelling here. Uh, One of the things that I really loved about Rogue One, it's my favorite Star Wars movie, and it doesn't have any Jedi, and it's just this world building, right? These other worlds, and I loved everything about Rogue One so much, and so I think that I'm gonna really enjoy, it's what, I enjoyed The Mandalorian because of all these side stories, and I think that's what I'm gonna really enjoy about Obi-Wan is this world building. I'm excited about Alderaan, and one of the things that I don't think Princess Leia gets enough uh, love for is the fact that she lost her planet, right? She had a whole, beautiful kind of healthy childhood right i think we're going to see that at least she had parents who loved her she had like you know a like an important role in her community and then it was destroyed right in front of her by darth vader technically like not that it's her fault or anything right but she was part of like why it was destroyed, to send a message, and all these kind of things. And she's been through so much, yet she wasn't tempted by the dark side. Everybody else, Luke, Kylo, everybody else, tempted by the dark side. But Leia is so strong. Leia, like, has not been tempted, or at least they haven't shown us times that she's been tempted by the dark side. And she was able to still, like, you know, get through to the end of the series without falling to the dark side or having anything terrible happen. And I think that that is something that we don't give Leia enough love for, is how strong she is. And hopefully we'll see that in this so And maybe we'll get a team Leia story, who knows? <laughs> Some kind of lead-up to, to her role. <coughs> yeah, I The book that she, the the Leia
0: Princess of Alderaan book is very, very good. And I would love to see that in live action if they wanted to adapt that because it's a very good
1: story. And then for those of you who uh, read, Elizabeth, did you finish reading Brotherhood? I know you picked it up. I haven't because I was so busy getting stuff ready (laughs) for
0: celebration. I haven't finished it yet. I'm like maybe a quarter of the way through. It's very
1: yeah, good. And Ewan has a copy of it now, which I think is great. I saw that. I'm so happy for Mike. So, uh, Gari, I know that you did finish the book, right? Was Without yes. spoilers, was there anything about the book that kind of informed you going into the series or that kind of gave you more insight on their relationship?
2: It's the book. It does a phenomenal job. Given even more insight of the dynamic between Anakin and you know Obi, especially after um, Anakin is knighted, and like that, you know, it, it's like that's like the the struggle to adjust from now Obi Wan just going going from being his master to being his equal, and you know how 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 are they going to work that out? How is it going to be? You know, uh, you know. He's not I don't have to you know he doesn't have to listen to me when I tell him to do things now he takes his own decisions and stuff so that it but then on top of that, it it shows us how much closer they do get as further uh, the further along the book goes and just how important that relationship is and that just that book reading that book just makes the show now. <laughs> painful than anything because we've never seen this relationship between them uh you know their inner thoughts especially their inner feelings explain the way that it has been in the book so yeah awesome so, so you guys have to i can't wait for you guys to read the book to finish reading the book because
1: my it's, chen it's is one amazing. of my favorite writers and uh i highly if it's anything like any of his other books uh you know i think audiences will be really excited about picking up Brotherhood. Um, but, so, any last thoughts on Obi-Wan before we move on to the rest? I almost forgot to mention yeah,
3: how much I love... S- oh, go ahead.
1: I almost forgot to mention how much I love seeing a clone.
0: Like, oh my god! <laughs> you we know, have a clone? Uh, I hope... Uh, I, hope not, that moment. <laughs> I hope we see more of them. Like, if we see Cody, I am going to be so sad. Because... <sighs> I saw. I forget. Is that a
2: foreshadowing? I know, because
0: I mean, they're not going to bring him on set just for one like five second cameo, right? And the really sad thing is that I mean, it's not been confirmed, and I forget if it was if this was a TikTok or a tweet or what I saw, but somebody pointed out that that may be the clone commander that we see in in Bad Batch, who is on. Because the armor is very similar to that Clone Commander that's on my law. Um, Hauser, yeah. yes, Hauser. You, yeah, because he's got like kind of like that teal armor going on with the stripe and everything. The teal, yeah. and I'm like, like ooh, and I'm like,
1: there's no way that they're
0: gonna have tomorrow Morrison to come up for like one ten second cameo. Like yeah.
2: Tamara Morrison is gonna make so many appearances and all these shows. I think he's gonna be the because we can the see clones. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, that that was so cool to see a
0: clone. The
1: potential to keep him in business for a long time. Oh, for sure. For a long time. For sure. That it, it was. deep Yeah. Yeah, it
0: was so cool to see. You think To see those clo- to see a clone, I I really hope there's more of them in this series. Uh, it would be too heartbreaking to see. I mean, I I don't think we'll see Rex because in Rebels, Rex is like you know. Obi-Wan is dead. You know, Senator de confirmed his death, but maybe we'll see Cody or maybe another of the 501st. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, it's, I'm like, they can't have just brought him on for one 10-second cameo. They, he's he's, he's going to be in it more, I'm sure. <laughs> Especially because they, they kept the surprise of Leia. I'm like, what, what other surprises are they keeping from us because they kept that Leia secret so well? Like,
1: what else? I guarantee okay. you I would finally Qui-Gon.
2: And he'll connect with Qui Gon at some point. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, because like the, the way they ended the recap in the, the 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 first recap of Yoda saying, "I'm gonna teach you how you need to go learn how to communicate with Qui Gon," yes. and then the way that they like tease us is like when he woke up is like Master Qui, mm-hmm. and you were like,
0: "Oh my God,
2: are you gonna hear it?" Like, yeah, you know, because
0: uh yeah, because there's that uh no, the. the the Mortis Arc where he, he talks to Qui Gon and I'm like, Oh, this is gonna be painful
3: We are gonna see uh, we are gonna see and hear Qui-Gon Jin because yes. you know, it was announced at celebration that Liam Neeson is coming back
1: mm-hmm.
0: and
3: he's gonna be uh oh, this sounds like most oh. of you. We're just based on the reaction right now.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I think I heard this maybe for Tales of the
2: yeah.
3: God, mm-hmm. Yes. But, yes, you know, yeah, yeah. Of, So yeah, he's gonna right. be okay, okay. So he's coming back, even though you know it's it's mm-hmm. it's uh, during the prequel um, era, um, or even the pre prequels, pre pre prequels, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and <laughs> that his son is gonna be voicing a young Qui Gon Yeah,
2: That's
3: Um. So. You know, if that news of him coming back, it's like, oh, they're using him for this role, and we're, you know, we don't know if it's going to be a big role, how much of a role he's going to play in Tales of the Jedi, but you know, if it's any hint of any possibility of further storytelling in the Star Wars universe to have Qui-Gon Jinn, hey, that door is open. So imagine that possibly maybe the next... Look, look, I can see that. There's only more episodes. episodes. If we're going to see a new announcement in London next year, April 7th to the 10th, if Liam Neeson is there, you already know. <laughs> like, <laughs> just, know. Just, just somebody watch for everybody's heads exploding in the arenas yes, over there. absolutely. Um, you know...
1: I I do want to point out that in the Mandalorian season two, in, you know, when uh, they're making their plans to go get baby Grogu and they go up to Bo-Katan and the other Mandalorian that's with her, I forget her name, Um, uh, so in that scene, they say to Boba Fett they say I've heard your voice a thousand times so they know that he's like a clone um Mm -hmm. and so I think that that's a little bit of foreshadowing that we are going to get like Tamira is going to be in working for a long time doing these cameras on this role and I think that that's where they're saying it like hey we've seen you a bunch of times. I know who you are, this kind of stuff. So I think we'll see him again. Yeah. I think that's a little foreshadowing to the fact
2: that we're going to see him again. And obviously, in a was in Ahsoka, we have to see
3: Rex. Oh, for <laughs> sure. Yeah. Hopefully. Okay. For yeah. sure. If we don't see Rex, like, gosh. Yeah. Rise of Skywalker. Um, that, just the whole notion, you heard during Ray, hearing everybody's voices in the back of all the past Jedi that have you know that have been the legacy of characters in Star Wars I, I want to see them continue that trend of of either what other Jedi's might hear Jedi's from the past you know carry on to for a huge scene if it's Qui-Gon you know even Anakin Yoda bring them all um, because that just adds on to the moment Ahsoka I, I, you know, I don't want to say what happens. I don't want to say or even feel or any predict anything about what happens with this book's character. I hope she just lives on forever. Oh yeah. Um, obviously, I, I'm I'm kind of standing I mean, right they, now.
2: Because, for example, like in the snippet that we got for uh, what was the book, Shadow of the Sith, that's coming out. Um, I don't know if you guys heard of the book. Yeah. It's gonna be basically like a pre-sequel, you know, with Luke and Lando and stuff. And in the snippet that they gave us, we see that Luke gets to talk to and he sees Anakin mm-hmm. as a first ghost. So I'm really happy that they're that, like you said, Ron, that they're going to bring that, you know, the whole thing of keeping the Jedi kind of going that way from, you know, Jedi's past and stuff. So I really do hope we get more. of that, yeah. And I really hope that at some point I don't know, maybe here, or with the Obi-Wan show, or any of the other shows that are coming out on an explanation of, because now we're getting, you know, we're getting all, oh, we have all these Jedi still alive, you know, where were they during the rebellion? Other than Kanan, that's the, you know, we didn't see any other Jedi really involved with the rebellion and stuff, well, and Luke, but, yeah, I know. yeah, I, I, yeah. I'm i curious am curious. And 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 I'm also looking
3: at at this trend of the focus on the stories of the younglings as well, too, because the younglings now, the stories of the younglings are playing a big role, and it almost seems like after the fall of the Jedi and their loss, it almost seems like they're going to be coming back and forming Jedi again, so who knows if we have uh, eventually have... Um, another big event, Jedi and Sith Clash, or whatever stories might come out of that, because at the end of Rebels, um, Ahsoka gives, I think it was Ahsoka that gives a, a ring to, or am I, I think it's, I don't know if it was in the movie, I'm sorry it gives a ring to this one kid who might be Force-sensitive oh
2: yeah, um oh, it's a sequel. yeah,
3: the, the sequel trilogy um,
2: and it was in the last Jedi, yeah. the little kid that worked at uh, the casino yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. that's yeah. what I remember. It's Rose. Yeah. Yeah. Rose gave him a ring.
3: Yeah. Yeah, so it was um it was that moment where you know, you wonder where that story is gonna go on and and if that's gonna have any connection from here on down the road. So that that's that's my that's my thing. I'm gonna see how yeah. it goes. Yeah, I'm
1: really I excited about the world building. Yeah. For sure. I I, I so- Oh, I, I was just saying, I'm excited about the world building. I think they really lead into it. in Even in the trailers for The Force Awakens, uh, where, you know, Finn is seeing. It's the first time they lean into him being Force sensitive. And, you know, they say there's been an awakening. You know, I think it's like Snoke that says it. Um, you know, it, there's been an awakening. So at some point, I think we'll finally get into that as well, where, like, the Jedi start to kind of. And even the Sith, right? Like, the Force-sensitive people start to really start to feel it again, so... Yeah, it, um, I'm going to go into yeah. the rest of the Star Wars celebration announcements now. So we'll start with um, The Bad Batch. Disney Plus released the teaser trailer, and logos for the Star Wars The Bad Batch Season 2, which was featured at Star Wars Celebration in a panel that included filmmakers Brad Rau, the supervising director, Jennifer Corbet, head writer, Matt, oh my god, I'm going to butcher this name, Matt uh, McNovitt, who was a story editor, and they were also joined by actor Dee Bradley Baker, who voices all of the Bad Batch characters, (laughs) and Michelle Aang, the voice of Omega. The second season of Star Wars The Bad Batch consists of 16 episodes and is set to premiere this fall exclusively on Disney Plus and now earlier Elizabeth you were telling us off screen about how we got a different trailer, the audiences at home got a different trailer from the trailer that was seen at Star Wars Celebration so can you tell us a little bit about the trailer? Yeah, so it was a very different trailer. I mean, for
0: starters, Palpatine didn't show up until the end of the trailer, and everybody went absolutely insane for that. Um, But one of the biggest things that I noticed in the difference between the trailers is that you don't... uh, Cody... I think you get a glimpse of Cody in the trailer that that they put out um, for everybody at home, but Cody had a lot in the trailer that we got to see at Celebration. Um, Actually, they had to play the trailer twice because... um, you hear oh, why did the name just go out of my mind? Crosshair. You hear Crosshair say the words, Commander Cody, and everybody just started screaming.
3: <laughs> it lost mind. Oh, for sure. And then I couldn't hear what he said the first time they played the trailer
0: <laughs> The second time they played the trailer, everybody cheered, you know, briefly when, when Crosshair said Cody but Cody has a line in that trailer that he says something along the lines of, "Are we making the galaxy a better place?" And Crosshair responds with, "We're soldiers. We're here to follow orders." So I have a feeling that uh, you know we we may uh, Cody. You know, because some people were thinking, "Oh, we're gonna have a big showdown between Cody and Rex." You know, because Rex got his his trip removed very early, and we don't see Cody in Rebels. You know, everybody thinks there's gonna be this big showdown, but I'm like. It sounds like Cody maybe also has some doubts and I think it'll be also interesting um, because I forget how much later they said that that season two is set after the end of season one, but there does seem to have been a decent amount of time passed because you do see Omega a little bit older in those trailers and in the we got a, we got to see a brief uh, scene from season two as well. Um, it'll be interesting to see how as time goes on individual clones, maybe start to wake up a little bit from order 66 because order 66 is something that was programmed into their brains with that chip but as time goes on it seems like maybe some of them start to question that you know um obviously we see that with the bad batch because they're not really affected by it because of the mutations that they have we even see it with rex in in clone wars where he you can see his hands shaking when he's is pointing his blasters at Ahsoka because he knows that this is wrong. He knows that this is not something that he should be doing, but because of the program, he's unable to help it. So I think it'll be interesting to see how that programming starts to sort of wear off for these, for these guys. Um,
2: and it was for Wolf and Gregor. Yeah, yeah,
0: because uh, Gregor got rescued at the end. Yeah, because we, we see him at, um, at the end of season one where he's kind of like, what, like why do I have to train these guys, you know? Like, he, he doesn't want to be there. Um, so I think it'll be very interesting, and it's I'm, I'm just glad that they're not, you know, going into what a lot of people thought and they were going to make Cody a villain. And I'm like, no, Cody, Cody you know, I think definitely, because uh, in Clone Wars, you see how there's different, how different Jedi treat the t- clones under the command differently. With, like, because <laughs> you get, you have like the types like Anakin and Obi-Wan who treat them so well. They treat them like brothers. They ask for their opinions and their advice. They listen to them. And then you have Jedi like Tom Crow <laughs> who just see them as disposable. Um, so, it, I, don't, I I just think it's going to be very interesting to see. Yeah, I'm glad that we're going to see more clones in just the Bad Batch and uh, and Rex as as this goes on. Because um, you know, we even saw that in in season one, of Bad Batch with I've forgotten his name again, but the, the one that was on Lila. Uh It's it's going to be very interesting to see how this how's <laughs> It's going to be very interesting to see how that goes. Um, but yeah, I was just so excited. I, I was so excited. that This is in both trailers as well. I was so glad that Gungie is alive. Oh, I was so happy to see that. Like, I feel like I was thinking, oh him when he came on screen. But, like, I remember seeing something. Was he in that too? I didn't really realize. Yes, I know, because I, I, I remember seeing something where... Apparently, they had thought at one point, like, oh, we should make a spin-off with these kids from The Gathering, but then they were like, well, we know exactly what's going to happen to these kids. We don't want everybody to get attached to them and then have to cut them off. So, I was so excited yeah, yeah. to see to see them.
2: Oh, I, di- I didn't realize that
0: Pedro was in it. too. It's just, it just
2: oh. the thing is that it's just... Pain anyway, because we already know they don't survive.
1: That's the point we're do anyway. uh, Yeah, I was just. Uh, I'm like, oh, just thank goodness. Just to go back on what you were saying, Elizabeth, about how far, uh, how far in the future season two is, according to Disney. Um, For season two, it happens uh, months after the the Clone Wars. So it's just a couple months. And it says... Their official thing says, months have passed since the events on Camino, and the Bad Batch continue their journey navigating the Empire after the fall of the Republic. They will cross paths with friends and foes both new and familiar as they take on a variety of thrilling mercenary missions that will take them to unexpected and dangerous new places. So that's the official synopsis that they're giving us for Season 2. I am, the main thing that I want to know that the Bad Batch didn't the first season of The Bachelorette, she didn't tell us. But <laughs> who is Omega a clone of? Because she's clearly a clone, like the rest of them. She's not, you know, Jango Fett's clone. Who will we get answers as to who is she a clone of, and is she like maybe one of the Snow clones, like a Force sensitive type clone, like a? I, I'm know. really curious to see yeah, where that, they go with the Omega line. Yeah. They haven't said anything really. It it does seem to focus more on the. The original members of the Bad Batch with Crosshair and, and the clones, that yeah. are Jango Fett's clones. Yeah, I, I had
0: the similar thought about that because, uh, especially with that shot at, at, for the trailer at Celebration, it was at the end of end of the trailer because you see Omega and she's like hiding and then you just get that slow reveal of Palpatine and it's just like ooh, some there's I feel like there's going to be some connection between the two of them and it's going to be painful. <laughs>
1: Right, because if Rey was a clone of, like, one of Palpatine's, like, offspring or whatever it was, you know, mm-hmm. is Omega one of those other ones? Yeah. I'm just, I'm really curious to see where they go
3: with Omega no. story. That's 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 fair speculation because I kind of got hints of that too. Like, what else were they doing? What type of other experiments were they conducting on, on El Camino? Obviously, they had the initial, they had the initial genetic material to obviously make clones, and then we get Omega, who just comes out of nowhere, and all of a sudden she's. Um, she has all these different abilities that are starting to show and develop and gradually gradually come out. And you are, like, I would tell Omega if, if, if Omega was a real person, I'm like, you are very intelligent. Like, you, you're very high-functioning, and you have, like, this deep inso- insight into things, and you see that during the first season of The Bad Batch where she finally gets to, you know, you get that relationship between Hunter because Hunter is the leader of, of the group, and he is the one that's coming up with all this. with With, with him and, and I guess tech, you you have uh, a lot of their uh, strategic uh, planning when they go into a mission. But then, um, and they kind of brush aside Omega because they still see Omega as a young kid. But when they start to accept her as part of the family, as part of the group, which I I just personally on the side, I feel like Omega and, and her wanting that family within the Bad Batch. That is that's that I love that seeing that relationship. But getting back to my point about Omega's role is that she's starting to have more input into the group, and they, and the group is starting to accept that. And then they kind of accept, okay, that, you know, this kid's right, like, we need to plan and strategize this way. So it's like that type of approach into her character is like, okay, I need to know more about you. What else were they doing on El Camino? Um, also I want to know what how old she is. Is she like Boba Fett that age normally
1: or how old is she in compared to the other clones cuz the yeah. they they fast track their growth, right? So that they go into adulthood quickly. So
2: it'd be interesting to see how old Omega actually. I is. think I think they she's the same age as Boba. Yeah. Is in, but she was created before the batch. Mm-hmm. So that's why she's she says oh she's older than them in that sense. But she's about she, she's she's going at the same age and rate as Boba Fett. Mm,
1: I wonder if we'll see Omega, so, a live action
2: Omega. <laughs> That's what we, because uh, that was one of the speculations I had when I saw well, for Boba Fett. I was like, are we gonna see her there? <laughs> you no, know, because. Yeah, I, I would love to see her in live action. Same name, so. know, like, uh like, I I don't think it's
0: her. I don't think it's her in the fallen. Uh, not fallen order in the uh, Jedi survivor trailer. But like, that was my first thought when I saw the the whoever that figure is in the tank with the pale blonde hair. I'm like, it's it's probably not Omega. But that was like my first thought. You know, so. And Jedi Fallen, and the sequel to Jedi Fallen Order actually is set at the same time as Obi-Wan is, so I found that interesting, too. <laughs> oh, yeah. It is, yeah, it's set five years after the original game, so that puts it at the same time period as, as the Obi-Wan show, because the first one was five years after Order 66. So I'm like,
1: ooh. <laughs> So, well, for our audience at home that is a little confused about timelines and things like that, Elizabeth did a really great series on timelines for Temple of Geek so if you go on templegeek.com there's a bunch of timeline episodes where are the skywalkers, where are the uh, Sith? and you did three, Where is the other one?
0: Yeah, uh, it was like the, oh no, we lost somebody, um, yeah it, it was, um, there you go. yeah I think one is the Order 66 survivors, so Ahsoka, Kanan and Cal. Um, one was Luke, Leia, and the clones, and then the other one was the dark side users like Maul, like Asajj Ventress, and the Inquisitors. Okay, I gotta
2: check that
1: out. <laughs> Alright, any last thoughts on the Bad Batch before we move on to the next show?
3: Record? Yeah. I want to see more records <laughs> and blowing up <laughs> stuff, record going in, and just... <clears throat> Why I think, are we giving away that message or something? You know, uh, just, just oh, well, that was really
1: good. <laughs> I think I
3: think D. the
0: Baker wants more
3: Rucker too because he—that was the voice he
0: interjected with the most. <laughs> Like somebody would say something. Somebody somebody would say something and D would just like interject in one of the clones' voices. Like I think the first time he did it is is somebody said that they were defective clones and he and D those would have defective or right? enhanced. <laughs> like, oh that is honest, honest. I'm like, yeah. And then they, they did a they did a table read. They did a table read of one of the scenes yeah. from from uh, one of the episodes that's set on Braca, and rather, they just stood there and did all the voices one after the other between Wrecker and West yeah. and and Hunter, and I'm just like,
1: <laughs>
0: yeah, I mean he, he's an amazing. I was character. I was
3: losing it. I was losing it during that panel uh, yeah. him, basically. The, I forgot the name of the host. I think it was David Collins. Yeah. Um, they, Asking him questions. And D. Bradley yes. Baker was yes. literally asking all the questions as his character. Yeah. Like, so yeah. like, So it was funny because because when he was asking him questions, he was like, Oh, okay, since so, since all of you are here, I'm yeah. um, going to ask everybody the questions. And so he was basically asking D. Bradley Baker. Yeah. Um, as all the characters from the Bad Batch. He's like, yep. oh, so what would, uh, so, uh, Tick, what would you do in this situation? <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't have this, he was like, I wouldn't have the same tackle. <laughs> it, was, yeah. it was such a, it was such a joy just to see so, his, all his characters yeah. come out and answering, answering all the questions. It was and, so and, much fun. And, you know, uh, Michelle, it, for, for Melchelle Aang, who's, who, who voices Omega, she sounds just like Omega. Yeah, just I think she pitches up just a little
2: bit for Omega.
3: Yeah. I right.
1: was oh, this right. is yeah, so,
3: so <laughs> cute. That's adorable. Did you that mention already cool. The new look? I'm sorry, did you mention Omega? Oh, new yeah, look? they got new armor. Uh, yeah. New oh, no. Armor That's
1: bring that up, Ron. Tell me yeah. what you look.
3: Okay, so they look they look totally different. Um, Omega has, I mean, it, 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 it shows in the trailer, so it's not a spoiler. So Omega There's has a, creature, a new yeah. look, has almost like a very Han Solo look to her. Yeah. And she has like some type of outdoor... Um, Outdoor gear and like uh, uh, I think uh, a strap of pockets to hold extra materials in. Um, the Bad Batch have new color tones in them, so I think the red has been subdued. Now they have like orange uh, stripe trim. A little bit of teal too. So I mean, all of it. Right and yeah. Uh, so I think that's that's a cool thing that they have redesigns in their armor. So I I think that's 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 just a cool thing to notice. Yeah, uh, I, I think somebody because I out there so people can watch it.
0: Yeah, I I think because uh, I follow a couple different people who do like three D printing modeling, and I guess Hunter's helmet is just slightly different enough where people are gonna have to redo really their helmets outside of just painting them. Oh. <laughs>
1: Isn't he just making cosplayers spend more money? Mm-hmm.
3: mm-hmm. Yeah. Right, and more work. They're like, oh, I just had this costume last I No, <laughs> I her <you> again.
1: Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right, guys. Let's move into the next um, announce, set of announcements from the... Uh, from Star Wars Celebration. So there was a panel, Mando Plus, a conversation with John Favre and Dave Filoni. It was a panel that was moderated by Ash Croissant, who's the co-host of Screen Ramp. So Favre and Filoni were joined by Pedro Pascal, Brendan Wayne, Latif Crowder, Giancarlo Esposito, Emily Swan, Carl Weathers, Tamira Morrison, Katie Sackhoff, Rick Oh my God! I'm not gonna say his name right. Rick uh, Famu Famuyiwa, Rick Famuyiwa. I
3: think that's just close. Yeah.
1: Okay, Rick Famuyiwa, Rosario Dawson, and Natasha Leo Bordizzo, with uh, special guest Grogu from The Mandalorian and Chopper from the Ahsoka series. So this was Grogu and Chopper's first appearance uh, at Celebration and Natasha Bordizzo was announced as joining the cast of Ahsoka as fan favorite character Sabine Wren and fans were treated to early footage from the series which stars Rosario Dawson. In addition to his directing duties, it was announced that Rick uh, Mujawa will also executive produce The Mandalorian Season 3 the audience was also shown an extended sneak peek of an upcoming season of both Ahsoka and The Mandalorian Season 3, which will both uh, stream exclusively on Disney Plus in 2023. So, um, I really see, like, Boba Fett and The Mandalorian kind of as, like, one big series, just different chapters, you know, and it kind of sounds like Ahsoka is going to play into that as well. What were you guys what were your thoughts on the announcements from the Mando and the Ahsoka panels?
3: Rebels. <coughs> Rebels. Just, I just want to say the Rebels now. Like, where's Ezra? And everybody, I think in one of the panels, everybody was asking, you know, where's Ezra? And you know, Dave Filoni just answered, I know. I know. <laughs> I know, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I know. Knows,
2: no. No. We're, like, going crazy about that.
3: He's <laughs> it's like, it's just that's where we last. Yeah. That's where we last saw, um, you know, uh, Ahsoka and Rebels. She was, you know, they set off. Her and uh, Sabine set off in Rebels to go find Ezra, mm-hmm. and that's it's it. Right? And Q and cut like that.
2: <laughs> well, and then we know Amando. She's like, "Oh, where's Admiral?" I know. Like, Yo, and then when I saw that, <laughs> that went nuts. she like she dropped name. Thrawn. I was like,
3: it's it's insane. Uh, Yeah, unfortunately I didn't mention
0: Thrawn. Let's go. I know. That's going to be crazy to see. Because they they did Cad Bane so well. I can't wait to see how they do, do Thrawn in live action. Yeah, unfortunately I didn't make it to the Mando Plus panel because um, that was, that was Saturday, right, and I have been to Disneyland until I in the one
3: because
0: <clears throat> I went to Star Wars night, and so I, was, I wasn't even going to try to do standby, because I knew it was going to be too crazy to try to get into that, um, I definitely did not at all see leaked footage from that extended preview, <clears throat> <laughs> but it was so cool to know that, and Sabine, and Chopper, and probably uh, Jason. I'm sure we'll see Jason in this series, too. It basically sounds like we're getting Rebels season, a new season of Rebels, but in live action, yeah. and with new you know, which I am totally fine with. Uh, it's 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 gonna be so great to see those characters. I hope that that, that inspires people who haven't seen Rebels, because they kind of you know, people complain about the Rebels animation style and stuff. And I'm like, mm-hmm, you know what, you know, wow. like if if you watched I you if you watch those
3: haters are yeah,
0: I'm like if you watched the early seasons of Clone Wars.
3: Rebels looks better than
2: that.
3: <laughs> you know. Sometimes.
2: Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. Rebels is my favorite. I love Rebels. Because of the amazing. There's so much lore yes. in that show. Yeah. Especially because Forest Lore is like my favorite one of. My, Top favorite things about Star Wars is Force War, mm-hmm. and it gave so much about it, especially like with the world between worlds and yes. how you know the the communi- This is the first time we really see uh, Jedi's com- how they communicate with animals with women mm-hmm. and stuff. So it was just beautiful and just storytelling. Uh, the every each character's arc, we see them go through their own transformation and and, and growing up, and it, that's it's amazing. It's just yeah. so beautiful I, you know? I I can't wait so you, ha- you guys please uh, yes
3: Rebels is so uh, bad. Rebels, Rebels is absolutely my favorite animated series yeah like to come out of and 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 Bad Batch is like right there but it, you know it's still Rebels still comes out on top yeah um yeah, uh, yeah it's, they bring on all the lof animals. Too. I can't.
0: I know, the loaf cats! Oh my god, I didn't mean like a... Weren't the, what, 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 what the loaf cats? I feel like they showed up briefly in a Mandalorian episode because people went a little crazy. Yeah,
2: I the so. one. Yeah. We saw them in Yeah,
0: Yeah, because then build bear came out with it and we branded them as Essene and the Mandalorian. I'm like, how about seen and Rebels? But okay.
1: I and they've got loved cats
0: at Disney World.
1: One things that makes me really excited about these series, like, you know, we're seeing live-action versions of things that happened in Clone Wars, now we're going to see live-action versions of things that happened in, in Rebels, and what makes me really excited is the thought that, like, maybe we will see live-action versions of what happened in Star Wars Visions because i don't know if you guys have watched star wars visions and their like you know collection of these like short stories that they did but they were absolutely gorgeous some of them were amazing some of these characters were really really um, interesting and we've already seen that like the ronin character that we see in star wars vision got its own novel and so hopefully we'll see, like, you know, expanded universes of all of these characters. But there's a lot of stories in the uh, Star Wars vision that I would like to see translated and adapted into a live action. So yeah, seeing these, these animated series yeah. get their live action counterparts makes me really excited. Yeah. And, and uh, even though I wasn't
0: at the Mando Plus panel, I did get to see the Mandalorian trailer um, Thursday morning because um, they did bring, bring them out for, for that. Um, and I know they haven't released it online yet, which is a bummer. Uh, they said it probably won't be out for a few months, which I'm like, uh, it's such a good trailer. Um, it, the two biggest parts that stood out to me in that trailer. Been I I
1: getting the hype going for you. I know. I'm like, can we release it's that good. trailer? in and- Twitter? of course, you know, show it a- Yeah, no, I'm
0: sure. But uh, I think it's so exciting that they're going back to Mandalore. It'll be really interesting to see, you know, what survives. Especially because... Uh, in Clone Wars, the Mandalore, whenever they go to Mandalore, it's such a gorgeous and such interesting architecture. And we see a bit of it in Rebels as well, but that's more like, you know, outside the city yeah. and everything. Um, that was really cool to find out. The fact that we're going to see bo again, I think, is going to be really interesting. Um, and <laughs> the fact that bo in the trailer says to Grogu... You, do, you didn't think that your dad was the only Mandalorian, did you? Oh, yeah.
1: oh my God! What? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And the fact that like, does that mean that Grogu is like a little baby Mandalorian? Right, because he's he's been he kind of adopted essentially now. You know,
2: he's he's a family. Yeah, he he should
3: he's a uh, he's there. a foundling. I think Katie Sackoff, Katie Sackoff was talking to two people really. She was talking to a Mandalorian, and she she was talking to Amanda, and she, or Din and yeah. and she was talking to yeah. Pedro Pascal at the same time. Yeah. So because we oh, yeah. you know he's accepted that he's accepted that title of uh, daddy on the internet. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, know, I saw a clip of the, of the panel when they brought Goku out. <laughs> and I, I think it was and he said, "Like, and now introducing our new show, My Three Dads. yeah.
1: That was so. i was I, I,
0: I so bummed I wasn't at that panel because just the way people like lost it when they brought Grogu out to say hi to everybody, and <laughs> they just cheered when he like sat down. Oh, okay. I'm like, oh my God. Oh, yeah.
3: John. John oh, that moment God. when John Favreau <laughs> told <laughs> mm-hmm. just sit down, little guy,' and then you." to see him just, like, plop his little book like, <laughs> right there on the yeah. table. <laughs> I mean, I got, I, I did
0: kind of get to see him, because, uh, they had the Mandalorian experience there, which I hope that they have that as a thing past Celebration, because it was so cool getting to see all of those costumes, um, but, like, in the middle of the exhibit room, they had Mando's new ship, that Naboo Starfighter, um, and in the cockpit was, you know, a mannequin-wearing Mando's costume. I uh, love yeah, and then in in the little bubble that, you know, is meant for the joy, but she hollowed out for Grogu to sit in. It was a little animatronic Grogu. turning and making noises and waving at people. <laughs> I don't know if that or the Bantha that moved was the cutest. It was more cool, but the Bantha's name was Sabantha, which I think is the best <laughs>
3: So, so
1: that's what one that's so exciting about things like Star Wars Celebration. And I think it's a little bit like uh, for us when, Ron, when we've done like San Diego Comic-Con, right? Like the fact that the studios are there, right? It's these big studios that are putting on these events. And you get to see all of these like props or like, you know, Uh, activations that they the studios are hyping up so everything's so accurate and so like you know true to the show and it really is like this immersive experience and I think that that's what makes things like celebrations so extra special because it's actually officially licensed by Star Wars. It's not like, you know, a fan event like a lot of other comic book conventions are. So you get to have so much more in the cast and everything. And there are these huge events. It's, it's really amazing. Um, but on top of that, uh, there's also the fact that, sorry, something just came up on my screen. <laughs> sorry about that guys. Um, but uh, anyways but like you were saying Elizabeth like you couldn't make it to the Mando panel there's no way that it's physically possible to be at everything at these events there are four day events and it's still not enough time to see and do everything and I think that's really exciting and really cool and worth the money that you spend going to these things because they are pretty incredible in comparison to other events
0: yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. like well, when Filoni when uh, announced the, the Mandalorian exhibit because I guess they hadn't I think I had seen something that they were going to do something but like they officially were like, yes, we're going to do this he was like, please don't
2: break anything because we might need
0: it for filming because everything in there was screen used which I thought
1: was really cool Yeah, that's
2: really yeah. cool yeah. That is really cool
1: And you know, one of the great things that The crew that we had at Temple of Geek covering uh, Star Wars Celebration, Miles, Ron, and and Elizabeth. Uh, You guys did such a great job at taking videos of the costumes and of all of the sets and things like that. And like even the wigs that were being used. And for cosplayers, I feel like this is a big deal to be this close to the costumes that we... Sit there and try to recreate and you know replicate and stuff. And so the fact that you guys got so many pictures, I really can't wait till we put out some kind of reference guide for, especially like the Ahsoka um, Tano costume. I was yeah. do a great job was with so the boots so on that. I oh, you. It to the Temple of Geek TikTok. But it's, it was such a great job of the details that we would never have seen otherwise. Yeah. To be no. close to a yeah. costume. It was it's an,
2: it's so cool. all the cosplayers taking so many videos and pictures <laughs> of all the costumes so they could be like, all right, this is, I'm gonna, now I'm going to take it. I know, I, 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 I almost feel it. bad
0: for all the Rebel Legion and 501st people after
2: this weekend, after all those
0: costumes were so easily accessible because there's like a lot of like texture and... Uh, even patterns on those fabrics that you don't see on the TV show. Like the way that Ahsoka's, um, the kind of like pants that she has in the Mandalorian, I didn't realize there was, a, there's a very subtle pattern on those that you don't really see or her cloak that she wears. I didn't realize false until I saw the the one on the display and when I they're selling it in Galaxy's Edge now for $130. <clears throat> I didn't realize there's little flux of color mm-hmm. in that bag. You, you don't see that on screen, but it's such a gorgeous. Like I, I like Monica has probably watched a couple of the videos that I took, and like you can hear me probably at it's so gorgeous. Look at that. Look at the texture. Yeah, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it's just such a like. Yeah, they're, you know, like you,
1: a similar experience at <sighs> Comic Con with the Star Trek Discovery costumes. They had them on display before the show uh, premiered on. At the time it was CBS Alexis and uh, so I went and all I did was sit there and take pictures of the costumes and the only thing that came through my head was like oh they hate cosplayers because there is no way that a (laughs) cosplayer is going to be able to recreate these textures like this is like incredible (laughs) and like Oh man, I feel like they should just do books and books of like the costume design and what they go through for these television shows yeah. like Star Trek and like, you know, all the Star Wars shows because the costume designers are absolutely amazing and some of that is lost when it's translated onto you know, our, yeah. our screens <laughs> or whatever, but I I would buy all the books on just the kind of fabrics that they used.
2: I would buy it. I think there's a book... Out, I don't know if they... Uh, there's a book out there with... Talking just about the costumes. Um, and they show close-up of... You know, the fabrics and stuff like that. I forgot what the name of the book is. But I, I somebody that uh, does... She's very into... You know, the Padme um, costumes. She... she uh, on TikTok, she had the book. And she was showing it. like... It has close-up. Oh, yeah. of every single thing. of All the, of the beading and stuff like that. So... That, that that's I want to get that book too cuz it's just really cool seeing all the costumes and how they were yeah. made yeah that's the thing about
3: that's the thing I about i got to give props to cosplayers is because look if if you want advice on financial management You talk to a cosplayer because they're the ones who are having to budget their time, their labor, the materials, and everything they need to get in order to make their costumes, like if you're really going to go to the extreme and make them screen accurate versus the ones who, you know... Um, are just really I don't want to say basic, but who are just either starting or wanting to get into cosplay, and those are the ones that those are the ones that you want to talk to. It's like, how much did this cost? Where did you get that fabric from? Or who did you talk to about? Are, how much? In,
1: how much debt are you in right now?
3: <laughs> I, mean, I, just, I I don't, I, I don't I do I I keep it. Out out about- yeah, I hate to bring money into like, it all, but you uh, know if you're gonna. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: I'm really proud I don't keep okay. track of that. last on the camel yeah. before we move on to our last discussion? I just hope
0: they put that trailer out sooner rather than later because I want everybody to be able to see it. It was so cool to see some of that stuff. We
2: probably don't get that till like December or something. Oh yeah, because they, they oh, said yeah, they, only, they love to release it just like a month. Before. I know, yeah, because okay. Mando he said Mando's not coming
0: out till next year because they like just finished shooting. I think the other week he said, and they're you know, of course they've got a lot of post production and editing and effects we'll
2: to Ahsoka do. Before we get because Azoka. Well, Azoka only we just, just, just started filming. filming we just started filming They Oh no, so Mando com- yeah. So Mando comes out in February okay, yeah, yeah. We'll probably get it like around December or January. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: mm-hmm. yeah. Alright guys, well then let's move in To the other Disney Plus The last Disney Plus series that we're going to get From Star Wars um, Well not last, but you know the last one that we're talking about today. Uh, So Disney Plus shared a trailer and the key art for its upcoming series Andor that was featured at Star Wars Celebration. The new original series from Lucasfilms takes place prior to the events of Rogue One and launches launches exclusively on Disney Plus on August 31st with the first two episodes. So, like, that soon. <laughs> I'm very excited. Yeah,
2: I know. We're yeah. there.
1: <laughs> the other series will explore a new perspective from the Star Wars galaxy, focusing on Cassian Andrew's journey to discover the differences he can make. The series brings forward the tale of the rebellion against the Empire and how people and planets became involved. It's an era filled with danger, deception, intrigue, where Cassian will embark on the path that is destined to turn him into a rebel hero. Diego Luna will return as Cassian Andor and is joined by Genevieve O'Reilly, Stellan Skarsgrad, Audria Arjona, Dennis Gao, and Kyle Solar. The executive producers for this one are Kathleen Kennedy, and Diego Luna, Michelle Riemann, and Tony Gilroy is the creator and showrunner. So, very exciting. Give me your initial thoughts on all the announcements coming out from Andorff. <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, this is amazing because I, again, world building, and we're gonna get a much more in-depth look into the rebellion, into the spy. Like I love that we're gonna get. It's gonna be like a spy type of. Yes, thing I agree. Too, you know, and um, to see how it it, 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 how all these, even now we're gonna get new planets. You know how they're you know responding to the empire to uh, to, to everything that's going on, and just. I want to see how they they, they were able to like form and, and and get together to 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 form what it is what that we know as the rebellion. It's gonna be so interesting. Yeah it, it yeah, it really. Rogue One is my favorite. I'm oh, sorry, Liz. Yeah, um, I think there's a delay with Elizabeth, so we're
1: like talking over each other. <laughs> That's all right.
0: Um, one thing that I found very interesting in that panel Thursday morning that Diva Luna said was he said that we're not going to recognize Cassian at the start of this show. He is a very different person, he said, when we first find him in this Andor series. Um, He said something like, he's much more selfish, you know, he hasn't started being part of the Rebellion yet. And I think that's going to be a very interesting journey to see um, how somebody, you know, who, you know, the Empire's been around for a bit at this point, how we see that somebody take that leap from just being like you know this is my life whatever to wanting to make an active difference in the galaxy at large um and it's also I'm also very excited that it's 12 episodes uh for the first season I'm like thank goodness because sometimes you know they sometimes they just don't have enough time to get to everything um
1: and I believe what they said is I I hope it's not 12 short episodes I hope it's 12 (laughs) full episodes
2: yeah, like at least yeah. you know <laughs> Yes. At least forty five minutes, please. Um
0: and, and they did confirm a second season is coming that will also be twelve seasons. Um, I might get this slightly wrong. Um, but I believe they said that this the first season will will be I think they said five years back from rope one, um, and that the first season is kind of like like a year or two of Cassian's life, and then season two will pick up where season one left off and bring you right to the events of Rogue One, which I think is going to be very interesting to see. Um, you know, it it's always great when you get a good character driven, good story arc for a specific character driven um, thing, especially with like, yeah, like I said, with finding out that that Cassian is going to be a very different person when we first meet him think it'll be very interesting to see you know kind of how like in the obi-wan series we see obi-wan struggle to use the force to save leia from from falling you know it it, 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 i always like it when we see different aspects of the character's journey um and they're not just the same exact character that we know from other shows other stories with them so i think it's going to be very interesting i can't wait to see how they develop that story for cassian
3: Let me. I wasn't. I wasn't uh, fortunate enough to be able to join that panel or see that panel. But let me just first mention. Um, I'm not Hispanic or Latin myself, but I think this might be a first for Latinos out there as the first feature from Star Wars to have his own series led by. Hispanic Hispanic actor for Diego Luna, so give props to... Oh, uh, no, that Diego. was Pedro Pascal. Oh, was it Pedro Pascal? Oh, I have to take everything back then. I have to take all that back. So, I'm sorry, I was, I've just been so caught up in the hype of Diego Luna coming back that I'm just, my tunnel vision just came in, and... I have, to, I have to take that back. Um, everything back. So I'm yeah, sorry. Pedro
1: Pascal is from Chile. He's Chilean. And so he is our first you're right. headlining. You're, you're absolutely right. I... For me personally, I'm Mexican. Diego Luna is Mexican. And um, the thing that was so impactful for me is that they let him keep his Mexican accent in Rogue One. And for me, I have never. I, I think I was. I think I was 38 or something, maybe 37 when Rogue One came out. So in 37 years, I had never seen a Mexican accent on screen in a sci-fi series, like in a sci-fi movie. Like, I'd never seen that. So to hear Diego Luna's beautiful Mexican accent, they didn't make him change it, on like a movie like Rogue One, this big blockbuster, you know, Star Wars movie, that did something to my soul that I can't even like explain to you. It took me 37 years to get that kind of representation to hear a man who sounded just like my uncles, who sounded like my grandfather, who sounded like the men in my life, you know, in a Star Wars film. I think that that is a really big deal. Um, he's I don't know. It's it's very exciting uh, to see him, you know, having his own his own show. To see Pedro Pascal having his own show. To see Rosario Dawson having her own show in the Star Wars universe. You know, Um, I was really excited when um, what was her name? Uh, Lupita Nyong. When she was she's Mexican and Kenyan, and so seeing her in a Star Wars movie, even though it wasn't her beautiful face and she was like an alien. I was still really excited to have that Mexican representation. Uh, So, you know, it, I, I feel you, Ron. I am on the hype train when it comes to Diego Luna. I'm really excited about the, you know, Latinos in space. Like, give it to me. <laughs> give me yeah. out. I'm super excited about it. <laughs>
3: okay. And that's 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 one of the things that why I consider Rogue One such probably my favorite Star Wars film up until now is because, you know, it's the story of people who don't have any powers whatsoever, minus maybe um, Shirt and Baze. Um... But the, the whole aspect of them being so ground level and, and facing uh, a much bigger force um, beyond them and literally putting their boots on the ground as far as how they're going to attack this this bigger empire. So, uh, Kata, you mentioned that this was, it, it had that spy tone to it. And that's immediately what a, the, the, uh, the tone that I got from the very beginning, because in the beginning of that trailer, by the way, all my knowledge about this upcoming series is coming from the trailer, when yeah. the beginning, they started, when you see that one guy on top of that tower banging on, um, on this metal, uh, big metal table, and then following that, you get like people playing instruments around town, I'm like, people are coding each other they're like sending hidden messages to each other. And I'm like, this is some spy stuff going on here. So I want, I'd love to see that. Like, let's get another spy story. I mean, we kind of got that in Rogue One um, and and, uh, in some of the um, original films, but this one kind of goes deeper into that spy aspect of things and to see how Diego, Takes this role again. It's just so nice to see him back. But by the way, just just having that character back, because I think he was just uh, he was a favorite of mine in Rogue One. You um, see how he takes the character of, An- of Cassian Andor um, and develops into that role, um, and then maybe eventually, who knows? Uh, maybe some meeting um, with the. Uh, So I don't think they I think they kind of met before in Rogue One or they were first introduced in Rogue One It's been a long time since I've seen that film, but um, Yes,
2: I think that's the first time they meet each other,
3: okay, so it's 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 just an exciting thing to see um, him have his own series and You know, hopefully that's spy aspect.
1: Any last thoughts on Andor? I can't wait to see him meet K2SO
0: I can't wait to see that because we already they already had said even before this trailer came out that K Two S O wasn't really going to be in the first season. So I can't wait to see how they meet.
1: <laughs> I feel like that's going
0: to be a really fun story for sure, and I can't wait because K Two S O is so funny. I cannot I cannot wait to see. again yeah, too. <laughs> um
2: Just going back to something that Ross said about how um, we get to see people people that. Have no type of force abilities. There's no special powers or anything. And just. I'm excited to see how. They were able to. Just like. You know. Go and form this amazing rebellion. Against somebody like Palpatine. And were able to go. Like toe to toe with him. With no force abilities. With no you know. Any type of special powers or anything. But they were still able to stand up to him even though he had you know he he has such an advantage you know cuz of you know being a sith and everything so i'm 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 very excited for that regular people you know doing amazing things
3: you said it well regular people doing amazing things mm mm-hmm.
1: mhm okay.
2: Yeah, I think that's,
1: I'm I'm excited for more world building and, you know, the fact that this all means that the Star Wars franchise has decades ahead of itself, you know, like with so much potential for storytelling. So I'm excited Mm -hmm. for a future of even more, like, you know, we have our Marvel Cinematic Universe and now we have like our, our Star Wars Universe that's expanding. So I'm very excited. It's a wonderful time to be a geek. All right, guys. Absolutely. Well, any last thoughts on anything before we wrap up this episode on any of the Star Wars celebrations or anything else?
3: It was just right think, uh, you <laughs> y- I'm sorry. You, meant, you mentioned of the whole uh, you know, parallel of, of the Marvel Universe. You know, at the end of uh, The Rebels, you hear Ahsoka. And, um, her, and I think there was that real big room. Uh, full of everything and you just hear so many dimensions of different things happening within the star wars universe i think that uh, that whole scene right there kind of opened up the door into the star wars equivalent of a multiverse so the world between worlds yes that one yes
0: yes. I, i would love a star wars what if like they gotta do that at some point, a Star Wars what-if, because there's so many directions that they could go with that. I'm like, I want to see Ahsoka as
2: as an Inquisitor.
0: I would like to see like, there's just so many directions they could go with it that it would be so interesting to see. I really hope that they do that at some point. um, Because I just think it would be amazing to see all these what-ifs in the Star Wars universe, because there's a lot of turning points in all of these stories. It's like, you know, what if Ahsoka had stayed in the order? What if, uh, I'm trying to think, what if Kanan had found another way and he had been able to survive? What
1: if,
2: you know. What if Padme didn't die? What if Padme didn't die? What if Anakin, <laughs> what if Anakin had stayed in that freaking temple? Room? <laughs> you know, you know there, there's just so many. There's.
0: Like yes, there's so many stories to be told within the main timeline of Star Wars. I mean, something that I've said before is I really hope that sometime in the future we get a Clone Wars style series, but for the for the sequels trilogy with. You know, young Ben, and with Leia and Han and Luke, because they're all in such different places than you would expect at the start of of the sequel trilogy, especially Luke. And I would especially love to see more of Kylo's story, of Ben's story. You know, given given his family history, he maybe should have been more prepared for what happened and I think because I think Clone Wars like I you know I, I only recently really got into Star Wars in a bigger way compared to some people but I really think Clone Wars helped a lot of people realize how much Anakin went through how much Obi-Wan went through how much those characters developed within the Clone Wars series um I would really love to for them to do that, be able to do that for the for the um, sequel trilogy characters as well. Sequels.
3: yeah. More general oh, yes. details. Yes, his
0: head out. I know. They, I really hope they do a Kanan one. Like, I would be
3: so thrilled to see I, more Kanan. I, I, I it's gotta be on the, the list. list. Elizabeth was it's like, gotta like, be really on the list. expanding on that, <laughs> and, and that would be such a great, that would be such a great story of how he comes I, it's, a, it's almost a parallel to Ahsoka and how he kind mm-hmm. abandoned being a Jedi, but you know didn't take yeah. up the mantle of a Jedi but yet. He was was...
2: that I know that I got to I, read the I comics to bring the Canon comics into into the show because yes. it, the Canon comics were amazing. Yeah,
0: that's that's what I've heard, I haven't gotten a chance to read them yet, but uh, I think I'm hoping Tales of the Jedi becomes a huge series because it has so much potential to tell so many stories within the Star Wars universe between what they're doing with Ahsoka Um, like we got to see the first episode at Celebration and it was a little tiny newborn one year old Ahsoka and her mom before the order comes for her and it was such, I I don't want to spoil it because it was such a beautiful and touching story to see the origin of Ahsoka Um, I have so many thoughts on it but I don't want to spoil it for people and the fact that we're going to get you know more uh, Dooku story, which I know that they've done books and comics with Dooku as well. But to be able to see the progression, because it, it seems like the idea is that there's going to be three episodes of Ahsoka, three episodes of Dooku, each is going to take place at a different part in their life. Um, because, for instance, Ahsoka in the trailer, which they haven't, I haven't—I don't, you know, i haven't seen an official release yet, but I know. The first episode with Ahsoka is little baby Ahsoka. The trailer seems to then indicate that it'll be at some point in her Padawan ship with Anakin. It looks like it might be like right when she gets the second lightsaber, because um, she's training with both of them. And then it, with the trailer, it looks like the final episode with Ahsoka will be post-Order 66 when she's being hunted by Inquisitors. And I, I really hope Tales of the Jedi becomes a huge thing, because it, there's a wealth of potential of stories that they could tell in
3: that format. Yeah. Well, I no. know that it- oh, just just one last mention. Sorry. Um, I know he's busy doing Moon Knight. Uh, so Please. He's at in yes. productions yes. with everything, but you guys already know I'm going with this. So, yes. uh, So different different outlets are reporting that um, Oscar Isaac when he was interviewed. Uh, has read the the solo comics of of his character in Star Wars, Poe Dameron. So I thought, you know, play. take it as it, take it as it is. I'm just take it with the, any grain of salt. Whether you fan cast, you know, fan out about that, but you know, maybe a solo Poe Dameron series, like.
2: If Moon One Shot like Moon Knight, I'm I with that. Yeah, like if, if they give us a freaking show.
0: If Moon Knight taught me anything, it's that Oscar Isaac was vastly underused in the Star Wars trilogy. Holy cow! Like I, I haven't seen him in anything other than Star Wars uh, before Moon Knight came out, and like holy cow, that guy can act. That was phenomenal. And I, I, yeah, I would, I would love to see him develop Poe more. Uh, especially if they do yeah. stuff with the comics because I remember people being a little unhappy with some of the mentions of his past in uh, uh, Rise of Skywalker um, because it got into slightly stereotypical uh, yeah, territory, unfortunately, and went against what the comics really had him doing, but I, I, I adore Poe Dameron, yeah. anything, movies, series, whatever
3: they want to do. Please. He really embraces the role. When he gets into a role, he really embraces the role. Oscar Isaac. But that's all I gotta say.
1: (laughs) all right guys well i want to thank all of you for taking the time out today to talk star wars with us and for sharing your insight and just your passion and your love for star wars it is so great to talk to you guys today i had a lot of fun thank you so much Um, this is going to wrap up this episode of the temple geek podcast we want to thank everybody who tuned in today and especially our guest kari elizabeth and ron for being with us today if you have any questions or comments feel free to hit us up on facebook twitter using the handle temple of geek do you want to check out some of our other episodes or shows why don't you head on over to temple of there you will find all sorts of content that pertains to the world of geek
0: please follow us on twitter